King. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years' experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Next up, you'll be listening to United Way Community Connections with Mike Affelberg. United Way Community Connections. United Way Community Connections broadcasts every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. right here on WSMN. In United Way Community Connections, you will be introduced to leaders from all of the great nonprofits in Greater Nashua, from caring for our children to our seniors, from helping our homeless pets to our at-risk vets, from learning the skills to get your GED, to dealing with trauma and substance abuse. Community Connections is the place to learn with Mike Affelberg about what's going on. Learn how you can help and make a difference from the experts. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show, which is making a difference in Greater Nashua. Here's your host, Mike Affelberg. And good Monday morning. Welcome to the United Way Community Connections show here on WSMN 1590 AM. I'm Mike Affelberg. I'm your host. We are here each and every Monday morning from 9 to 10 AM talking about the nonprofits in our community. There are many, many nonprofits. So I want to give you a couple of reasons why you might want to listen into this show every week. Uh, first of all, with so many nonprofits serving our community, sometimes you just don't know where to go to find services. And this is one of those places where you can learn a little bit about organizations that have services available that you might not otherwise know about. Where do you go for after-school care? Where do you go for dental dental care? Where do you go if somebody's struggling, struggling with substance use disorder or at risk of homelessness? These are the types of issues we talk about when we talk about the when we talk with the nonprofits in our community. Each week we interview two different nonprofits. And uh, we've been doing this for, gosh, a year and a half now. So we've got at least 85, 90 different interviews on on the books. And uh, every time we, we talk with somebody, we learn something new. One of the reasons why you also might want to listen in is people in our community are very generous with their time and with their resources. They like to give back. Um, of course, you can only give back to a nonprofit if you know about them, know what they do and how they make a difference. And this is, again, one of the reasons why you might want to listen in. So um, I want to mention, I don't always remember to say this, but our show is live. We're on Facebook, um, but we're also um, live on, on the air. Uh, one of the best ways to get a get a uh, question or a comment over to me is just send me a text on my, well, not a text, but a message on my uh, Facebook page or on um, Twitter. I've got my phone here handy and the, the handle for both of those at United Way is United Way GN and I'll get that right here and read it over the air. We appreciate any interaction with our audience all the time. So with that said, it was, uh, you know, I'm hoping everybody had a great weekend. I know that uh, our weekend was was uh, full and interesting, I have to say. Um, Saturday, I was thinking about what did I do Saturday, and it was such a blur. It was, Saturday was shopping for the wedding dress day with my daughter. She's getting married in about like a year and a half, so we're starting to look at wedding dresses. Um, she's very excited, and so we were going to head down to a place down in Andover, and take a look there, which was cool. But on the way, like five minutes from our door, we it was um, we, it was raining, and we came across a lost puppy dog. Honest to God, I'm serious. We came across a lost puppy dog, 
And um, I said to my wife, we should take we should take her over to the Humane Society. So if somebody is looking for her, you know, you don't want to lose your dog. That's like depressing and sad. So we, we, we hopped out of the car and called her. And she, to my surprise, hopped right in and was super excited for a ride. So we took her over to the Humane Society and I put it on Facebook. And now here is the power of social media. Within about an hour, um, that post that I put out there on the Civic Sounding Board um, and on Community Connections had been shared um, probably two dozen times, which means it hit probably 25,000, maybe more eyeballs. And the dog was, uh, the owners were found. The dog was reunited with its owners within just a couple of hours. So um, that made me feel pretty good. Unexpected, but made me feel good. And of course, the Humane Society has been on our show before, which is which is also great. Then we went down to Anover, and you know, of course, it's karma. But it turns out the place that we went to look for a wedding dress for my daughter is actually a nonprofit. They're called Brides Across America, and what they do is they also donate uh, wedding dresses to active um, duty service people, as well as um, veterans, as well as first responders and they've donated over the over the years over 20,000 wedding dresses to uh to women getting married who are active service veterans or first responders and uh so I just think that's good karma I'm you know I'm Mike the Mike the nonprofit guy so I don't we weren't planning on it but it was a great thing to learn and we found a wedding dress that my daughter loved so now we have to uh you know we bought that and we're pretty excited about that then we came back and this is all still Saturday then we came back and we were going to go see Bohemian Rhapsody second night out it was it came out on Friday and um but before that we went down to Mr. Max in Tingsboro and they were being filmed by the Travel Channel. A friend of mine, um, Harry, owns Mr. Max. And so we were going to go check out and see, you know, how it is to be filmed by the Travel Channel. He was pretty excited. And uh, about 4 o'clock, the power went out. It was pretty windy that day. And he lost power, but that whole area lost power, including the movie theater. So we weren't able to see Bohemian Rhapsody, but that's okay, because I was so stuffed on, on macaroni and cheese that I probably would have had a food coma anyway. So that's all on Saturday. Sunday, I just, you know, I had to lay back in my couch and snore the whole day and, and watch football watch. Uh, I'll use air quotes on the word watch. So I hope everybody else had a great weekend just like me. It was fantastic. So with that said, what I really want to do is introduce you to a couple of special guests of ours. We have um, always got the opportunity for special guests to come on the show in this first segment. And a couple months ago, I got talking with our new friends from Bar Harbor um, Bank and Trust. Now, Bar Harbor is a relatively new bank in our community. Um, they are in the building that way back was the Nashua Bank. Um, and then became Lake Sunapee Bank, and now is Bar Harbor Bank. Um, I will also say that they're also um, they also are our mortgage lender at United Way, and do a really great job helping us with that. Um, but they're also very community oriented, and they supported us through the sleep out and in other various ways. And I thought it might just be great to get them on the show and introduce them because you know community banking is an important thing, and it's especially awesome when you have community bankers who are actually interested in giving back to the community. So the guests I have today are Jack Frost, who drove here all the way from Maine today and went through that huge traffic jam on on the over the bridge where there was the accident. And um, I love, by the way, Jack, I love your name. Jack, you. Jack Frost from Maine. I always think of Frost when I think of Maine. Well, we have a little bit, and uh, you can uh, thank my father. He 
decided he wanted a jack for us so well i think that's awesome uh, you know we can't choose our parents <laughs> but sometimes they make these decisions but i uh, but a uh, jack jack drove all the way from maine to be with us today and then mike sack mike is actually in the branch here in nashua and he's with us on the radio as well good morning Good morning. So, gentlemen, I wanted to just uh, let, talk a little bit about Bar Harbor Bank. Since you guys are new to the community, tell, tell, just give me a little bit of the background on Bar Harbor Bank itself. Sure. Uh, Jack here, and just want to thank you, Mike, for inviting us down, first of all. Absolutely my pleasure. It, it's terrific to be here, despite the traffic. And uh, shout out to the Patriots for pulling off the win last night. That was nice, too. So, Bar Harbor Bank and Trust... Um, 1887 so we go back a ways and uh, we have a terrific bank 50 branches across Maine New Hampshire Vermont Um, I myself started banking with them 33 years ago when I went to college and moved to a different community and said here's some terrific people and so the rest is history I actually joined the bank as director of community giving just a year ago uh, working 25 years with nonprofits mostly in Maine and this uh, was just a great fit to come over and work for the bank and help out with all our gifts. That's really fantastic. So your background is actually in philanthropy, and the, and you're sort of the bank's person to head up philanthropic efforts, if I understand what you're saying. Yes, that's very true. Absolutely. Very good. And um, yourself, Mike? Well, um, I've been in banking for uh, longer than I want to care to admit, 35 years. Um, started out in Colorado, came out here, worked initially for Indian Head Bank and Trust. I'm sorry, if I could just break in one second. I was just handed by George an announcement, um, community announcement that I'd like to make, which is very sad. Um, many of you know Brian McCarthy. I know Brian McCarthy. He's been the president of the Alt Board of Aldermen for many years now, and I have just learned that he passed away of a heart attack last night after the Patriots game. And he was in attendance there. Um, again, Brian McCarthy, president of the Board of Aldermen, has passed away. Um, and more news, I'm sure, will be reported on this. But I wanted to make sure that everybody heard that very, very sad news. Brian McCarthy from the Board of Aldermen has passed away. Sorry, Mike. No, that's okay. Yeah, that's more important news. Um, yeah, sometimes... Sometimes we hear about these things on the radio and hate to pass it on, have to pass it on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, um, I've been in uh, New Hampshire for 30-some years now. Um, love it here. I've worked actually in Nashville before, uh, back uh, about 2000 to 2004. Um, enjoyed it while I was here and have had a chance. Uh, first joined uh, Lake Sunapee Bank uh, just shortly after it be- uh, was Merged from uh, Nashua Bank, and and then uh, Bar Har- shortly after that, uh, Bar Harbor Bank and Trust uh, joined forces with us, and uh, uh, been with them since. I'm a portfolio manager. I basically work with commercial loans, um, existing portfolio, and uh, so part of that is getting involved in community. Well, we appreciate that, and I, you know, I um, will have to say I don't know anything about commercial mortgages. Most of us don't, um, except for you. You do. Um, I know about what it's like to take out a, a residential mortgage and have done that any number of times with my wife, including refinancing and buying new and all that good stuff. Um, so when we went to refinance our loan at United Way, 
I had no idea how this works. And you were super helpful in helping just not just to make the process easy, but to educate me on how things worked. And so I thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah. So um, you're located here in the Nashville branch? Uh, Yes, right on 188 Main Street. Um, We've got another one over on the DW Highway uh, near the the retail area. Um, But uh, this is the office I normally come to. We've got offices also in um, Concord. Uh, and, of course, Newport, which is where Lake Sunapee Bank uh, originated. And there, there's many of them around the uh, Sunapee area, uh, Lebanon, all that. And then uh, uh, we're branching out into uh, Manchester. We actually have a branch opening uh, next month in oh, uh, Manchester on Elm Street. That's fantastic. So you're um, really pushing into the community banking um, all around, which is great. That's correct. Um, and and uh, to be honest, I've always been used to doing this type of thing because, uh, uh, you know, uh, like I used to be on the board of directors for uh, New Hampshire Junior Achievement, which now is no longer uh, an individual organization. It's uh, now merged with uh, uh, Junior Achievement of uh, North, Northern New England, uh, which is basically New Hampshire and Massachusetts now. Um, so I used to do that for a number of years, going into schools, doing that type of thing. Um, but there are always things going on. I get involved with the March of Dimes. Uh, they have a couple of fundraisers, and, and the bank has been very good about sponsoring those things. And um, uh, just got we're in the middle of doing the uh, Project Shoebox uh, for uh, You are. I know that. Way. I was in the branch the other day. Um I'm old school when it comes to how I pay my mortgage. We actually write a check and bring it down, but that also gives me the opportunity to step into the branch once a month. And I did notice you have a table there set up for our shoebox project, collecting items for homebound seniors, which is really wonderful. Yeah, and it's done very well. The Actually, the branch down, down uh, by the retail area has done quite well. They brought in a big basket sized uh, of stuff and we're going to have one more week here where we kind of really push everybody Um, but i know jack wants to introduce our other project that's coming up here um, as well absolutely jack the uh, the microphone is yours all right yeah i just want to get a shout out for our food for good program which is happening at all our 49 branches as mike mentioned soon to be 50 branches and adding on in manchester but the uh, Food for Good program is something that's been part of Barbara Bank and Trust for a number of years, and we encourage people to give to the local pantries, and we have a box at each of our branches for people to drop off food directly. And so. And who does that collection benefit primarily? Uh, so we work with all the local food pantries across the three-state region that w- is within our footprint. So that's the closest thing we also encourage people to make donations directly that's fantastic yeah, people are very generous during the holidays and hopefully you know some of those non-perishable goods also last well into the new year so that's wonderful yes we are very proud of it another program i'll just mention that we're involved in that also has really stepped up over the last uh, six months is our casual for a cause program so a lot of folks when i joined the bank i got a chance to travel around my first couple months and talk to retail team commercial team and one of the things i heard is people really love giving back and so we formalized that more so every friday people in the bank the employees are dressing down so across the three-state region about 500 employees and so it's been great people have dressed down they make a donation back to our uh, casual for a cause fund and every quarter we donate that money back to the community most recent gift went to girls incorporated in new hampshire um those are my favorite calls to make, uh, as you can imagine, when I get to yeah. tell a nonprofit that we're 
giving back, but not only are we giving back um, through the bank, but through our employees that are committed to the cause and and also the fact that employees vote. So we put a list of nonprofits together, uh, five or six for each state, and then employees vote. So it's a powerful message, and uh, we're looking to get all our employees on board with the program. That's fantastic, and we're big, we're big partners with Girls, Inc. as well. So I know that that probably really was exciting for them. They, uh, they're very good about putting the resources they receive to great work. So. They sure do. Yeah, we appreciate it. Absolutely. So, gentlemen, I think we're about out of time. I, uh, this always flies by quickly. I will say um, it was a long drip for you, Jack, but uh, so you're welcome to come back whenever you would like. Love to. Um, Mike, it's a much shorter trip for you since I can <laughs> see your office from where I'm sitting. You are also welcome to come back anytime you'd like. Well, thank you. And I just uh, you know formally welcome to the community to Bar Harbor Bank and Trust. Um, if you don't know anything about them, go check them out. They're right on Main Street and also down on DW Highway. Yeah, and if you're going to come and check us out, uh, bring a little bit of food to put in the basket or, or some Absolutely. things for the seniors, uh, uh, comic uh, comic books, uh, crosswords, anything that uh, will help them use their minds and, and exercise their minds because uh, you know, that's important as you age. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So we're going to take our first break here. Um, before we take that break, I just want to, um, again, note the passing of Alderman Brian McCarthy, long-term Alderman, president of the Board of Aldermen, passed away last night from a heart attack after the Patriots game where he was in attendance. Um, that is indeed a sad day for Nashua. Um, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes um, with our first guest, and our first guest is Jen Morton from N68 Hours of Hunger. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years' experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Title Boxing Club is the best and only authentic full-body boxing workout that changes your body, clears your mind, and completely engages your spirit. Our signature workout utilizes the fundamentals of a true boxer's workout, including proper heavy bag training to strengthen and tone your arms, legs, back, core, stamina, and your confidence. Empowering, exhilarating, and totally addictive. This is your new favorite workout class. Visit them online at titleboxingclub.com or call 6032 Two zero six five six zero eight. That's two zero six five six zero eight. And begin today. 
Senator Gary Daniels' health care agenda will make you sick. Gary Daniels voted against paid family leave. He voted against pre-existing condition protections. Daniels even voted against efforts to fight the opioid crisis. It's time to change the agenda. In the state Senate, Shannon Chandley will put our family's health before politics. Shannon supports paid family leave, pre-existing condition protections, and she's 100% dedicated to ending the opioid crisis. Shannon will also support women's health care rights. On November 6th, vote for Shannon Chandley for state Senate. Paid for by the New Hampshire Democratic Party. Ray Buckley Chair. Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections or when it comes time to die with dignity, United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org. As school resumes and school buses fill our roads, the medics at American Medical Response want to remind both parents and children about bus safety. Never assume that drivers of other vehicles are in fact stopping for the school bus. Walk on sidewalks to the bus stop. Never run. Children must stay out of the danger zone around the bus, which is 10 feet wide or 5 giant steps on all sides of the bus. At that distance from the bus, the bus driver can see you. Check out more safety tips at amr.net slash safety. AMR medics are here for you every hour of every day. people um at some point on the radio that i was learning how to play the guitar that was just me just giving a quick example of how i'm how i've come along um you know they've cut me to vinyl and you know i'm playing now for the eagles i just do this radio show as a as sort of a side gig you're listening to the united way community connection show um resident comedian mike affelberg Every Monday from 9 to 10, we will be on the air talking about the nonprofits in our community. We are joined today with um, a very special nonprofit near and dear to my heart, which is N68 Hours of Hunger. We have Jen Morton and Melissa Baxter, who are the co-program directors. I guess that's what you guys call yourselves, co-program. What do you guys call yourselves? Coordinators. Coordinators. Co-coordinators. Co-coordinators. Oh, Not just coordinators, but co-coordinators. <laughs> Outst- outstanding. Well, um, I think that means that you coordinate stuff at the program. What I do, what it, what that really means to me is you guys run the program here in Nashua. Um, and 68 Hours of Hunger is a program I, I will tell people that who don't know. 68 Hours signifies the time from when sco- children get out of school on Friday afternoon to Monday morning, um, and kids who are um, at risk of being food insecure and don't have um, good nutrition over the weekend, um, this is where your program comes in and helping to support those children in our community. Is that about the yes. gist of it? Yep, that's it. Okay, so 
Maybe we can start with, I don't know, Jen or Melissa, you guys, did you flip a coin? Who goes first? We did not. <laughs> okay, well, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. how about Jen is first? Okay. Let's talk a little bit about your program in the community and, and how you impact the lives of families in Greater Nashville. Well, we hope we impact the lives of families in a very positive way. Um, unfortunately, there are a lot of families in Nashua who face food insecurity, and um, we hope to identify those children through the help of the Nashua School District. The teachers and guidance counselors, school nurses, paraprofessionals in the schools are the ones that let us know that they have a child in need. And then we provide the food bag for the children to take home. Um, We've heard, so we have no direct contact with the families, but we hear back from the educators in the schools about the kids come in happier, um, the kids feel more secure going home on Friday with their bag of food, they're not worried about where the next meal's coming from. So um, we hope that we can expand the program and do that for all children in Nashville, including the middle schools and high schools as we get to be a bigger program. That's pretty fantastic. So currently, how many children are you serving and in which schools are you and how do you see that expanding over the next uh, you know, year or so? You want to take this one, Melissa? Uh, sure. Sure, Melissa. There you go. <laughs> um, so currently, we are feeding about 250 children. Um, this number has gone up since last school year. Uh, last year, we were feeding about 200. Um, we do expect to probably see an increase in the number of children as um, the weather continues to cool and families have to think about whether or not to buy food or heat their homes. Um, and obviously, um, you know, that's a very tough choice. So our program will probably cap around 300, we assume. Um, and the schools that we, um, that we service are the elementary schools in Nashua. We've reached out to every elementary school um, last year, we worked mainly with the Title One preschools, or sorry, the Title One elementary schools. Um, but so, Title One schools, Title One means those are the program, those are the schools that have been identified by uh, mm -hmm. to by the fe federal government standards as low income. Right, I think a certain percentage of the um, families have to be. Um, at or below the poverty line. Jen, do you know what it is? is it I don't remember the percentage exactly, but it's yeah. pretty high. Yeah. Yep. Um, but this year we've reached out to all of the elementary schools because we realized that some of the um, schools that are not Title I, they might not have the same number as uh, or of students that need help, but they certainly have a few. So. Yeah, so every school, regardless of its um, overall Mm -hmm. wealth might have kids who and I think do you use the qualifier the qualification as um, kids who've qualified for free and reduced lunch as, as sort of how you what you go by or do you how do you identify which children to help in the school yeah most of the children in our program do qualify for free or reduced lunch however um, there are definitely families that skirt that line of qualifying for free reduced lunch that are still having trouble making ends meet at home. So um, we don't discriminate as long as the school identifies the child um, as being in need of food, um, then we take them into the program. So the schools and the employees there definitely have the burden of trying to figure out who needs the food. Um, but we think, you know, they spend a, a huge majority of their day with these kids every day, Monday through Friday. So they get to know them and they get to know their family situations and what's going on at home. And um, there are a lot, our, our numbers fluctuate from week to week because there are a lot of students who a parent is out of town for a couple of weeks or um, a 
one of the parents loses a job for a while, these factors, you know, they change throughout the year. So our numbers go up and down based on family circumstances at the time. And you don't have a list of children. You're, it's really the school itself that says, let's say somebody's over at, uh, you know, Dr. Crisp Elementary, um, and they are a family who's known by the by the administration or the teachers to be in need and there's no necessarily like paperwork for them to fill out or something it's just really they would flag that this child might benefit from the program and then you provide a bag and their job is to get it to the kid about right Mm -hmm. yep i think as jen mentioned um a little while ago it's completely sort of anonymous on our end we don't have any interaction with the children um we give the food bags to uh, volunteers from the school on Wednesday nights after we pack. So typically teachers or guidance counselors um, will come and pick up the bags. And, yep, it's the school's responsibility to get the bags out to them on Thursday or Friday. That, you know, what I, one of the things I love about your program is how simple that is. Mm-hmm. It's really, I mean, it's really amazing. We're, we're really good at inventing very complex problems to very simple solutions to very simple problems. The simple problem is there's kids that need food for the weekend. And your solution is very simple. You get volunteers and donations and you package up bags and the school gives them to the right kids. That's right. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. It takes out a lot of the middleman kind of work for us. Um, Also, the fact that we're all volunteers. There are no employees at N68 Hours of Hunger anywhere in our um, business model. So it's really just dedicated volunteers, people who care about the kids, people who want to support these families and We've been extremely lucky in Nashua. We have a ton of great volunteers who show up on a weekly basis to pack the bags. When we're doing special events like food drives, um, we put out a call for volunteers and people show up. Even last two it was a in week the and rain a half and ago, cold yeah. A couple, yeah, October 27th, we had a <laughs> a food drive on a, during a nor'easter at the South Nashua Market Basket and. Um, there was a great amount of volunteer support for that, even though we we're standing out there in the wind and the rain for six hours. That's, so. that's really very gratifying to hear. Absolutely. Um, so you have a lot of sponsors and supporters. Do we, we want to talk yeah, any about them? Sure, we do. Um, of course, the United Way is a huge That's um, not why I asked. That is not why I asked. I was not, I was that not doing not that. That is not why you asked. Yes. Okay. But. We, you know, we, okay. So let me say we are super proud to be partners with with you guys and you operate out of our building in nashua and um it's like the least we can do to support you well we are super grateful for that space um and 68 hours like i said is an all-volunteer program and all of the money we raise goes directly to food so we don't ever pay for any space so luckily the united way donated us a very nice well-lit warm room and you get to go up and down the stairs, so it's like you don't even have a gym. Mem- it's like you got a gym membership, also, right? Yes, we count our steps. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> There's a lot of moving food up and down stairs, but for sure. That's all right. We, yeah, we're very grateful for the space. Um, but yes, then different um, groups and nonprofits and um, and for-profit companies all support us. Um, we're always amazed when we get the mail and someone who has heard of us has sent a check for $50 or a business has done a fundraiser and has a check for $1,500 for us. It's just, it's constant that um, people in the community appreciate what we're doing for the children and they want to be part of it. And we're just humbled by the generous donations that we receive, both monetary and food donations. Yeah. So I want to say there was, I've mentioned this before on the air, 
there was this woman who won like a half a billion dollars up in Merrimack who actually what you guys do must have touched her heart somehow because she donated to all the N68 hours of hunger throughout the state. Is that right? Three. She donated to three. It was us, Dover, and another program, which I can't Dairy. Dairy. Dairy, yeah. Dover, and Nashua. Which, that must have been a nice phone call, right? It, that was it was a very nice phone call. So, um, of course, the person who won has decided to remain anonymous. Um, yeah, as would I. Yes, exactly, as would mm. anybody, I think. But... Um, so yeah, it was a call from a lawyer, which of course, when you it, all of our phone calls go through a voicemail um, at N sixty eight hours of hunger, and so when you pick up a voicemail from a lawyer's office on a Saturday morning, it's a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't really sure what tax things we hadn't filed or <laughs> right uh, what might be going on to to create a lawyer's phone call, but it was um, actually really really good news. So. Yeah, it was it was a very generous donation from that lottery winner. We're extremely grateful, and that's actually what allowed us to expand our program. Um, there is a policy in place that N68 Hours of Hunger programs are capped at 200 children because we're all volunteers, and they don't want us to burn out, and it's a lot of work to feed 200 children every week. Um, so we're always looking for other program coordinators who are willing to volunteer, as Melissa and I do, to run the programs. Um, it's a little bit more of a volunteer commitment than just showing up to pack the bags. It's mm -hmm. There's a few hours a week. Yeah. yeah. But um, we were not able to find other coordinators to step up and do that with us, but we did get um, a variance to expand our program instead because we had enough money in the bank to be able to prove to the executive director that we're, we're going to be able to take it on ourselves and... Um, be in a good place for the year. So Yeah, that's really pre pretty fantastic. And if you think about the amount of money we spend on education in our community, it's, you know, it's, it's an enormous amount of money. And um, just what's the return on investment for, for those dollars when the kids come to school on Monday morning and they're hungry and they haven't eaten all weekend? Of course, if they haven't eaten, they um, haven't done their homework, they're not in the right frame of mind to learn, that's unhealthy. Uh, there's so many bad things that happen. So what you're doing really has just phenomenal outcomes, I think. It's really good stuff. Well, thanks. Um, all right. So any other ways in which the community can support you? Um, sure. We are always looking for um, food donations. Um, yeah. If people visit the N68 Hours of Hunger website, um, they'll find a link to um, the non-perishable food that we are looking for. But um, it's pretty basic stuff. Um, we provide, obviously, weekend food bags, but dinner for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and breakfast for Saturday and Sunday, lunch, and some snacks. So um, canned goods, canned soup, canned tuna, um, individual packets of oatmeal for breakfast. Um, any individually wrapped snacks are great, but there's um, all sorts of suggestions on the website. Yep. Um, those can be dropped off at the United Way building at 20 Broad Street, um, and then we can get them from there and um i know that you have some other sponsors we wanted to talk about like my friend tommy we should mention tommy yes. we should mention the rotary there's <laughs> other people who, who've helped you out over the years yes that's true um yeah so tommy at optiline um has been a huge help to us as far as um vacation week bags when the kids are out of school for vacation um, we pack larger bags um, of food to get them through the time that they're out of school. So basically 10 days worth of food. And usually we just park in, pack in plastic market basket bags that are recyclable. Um, and we just use several hundred of those every week. But 
when we're doing the big vacation week bags, Tommy has stepped in and donated all of our reusable cloth grocery bags um so that was over 1200 bags he donated this year which that's is a, pretty great yeah huge help to us um and uh we recently got a large donation from the youth group at temple beth abraham um they did some fundraisers and donated a check to our organization which means that kids are helping kids which is something that we're always mm-hmm. really excited about um yeah and the rotary clubs of nashua both Nashua Rotary and Rotary West have been supporters in the past by um, helping to donate the food and packing the bags for Christmas week. And I believe Nashua Rotary West is going to I think the te- And the Teachers Union, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. NTU has also been a supporter, if I yep. understand. Yep, the Teachers Union has done the last couple of years um, helping us with, um, I'm not even sure which vacation it was, but not only with the monetary donations, but helping us pack the bags as well. The teachers have come out to help us pack the bags. And it's it's so great that you think about the vacation week because it's easy for us to just think about you know sort of the normal every day in day out and then vacation week comes and you, we all check out but think about it that's like a whole week or two a weeks or ten days when kids are 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 without and so it's very important so we're about out of time any last words of wisdom or things you guys want to share. Nope, just come down and um, check us out any Wednesday night. Wednesday nights we're at 20 Broad Street. Um, That's the United Way building. If you pull around to the back, there's a set of stairs. You can go down and join our packing crew. Um, There's more information on our website, n68hoursofhunger.org. It's a top right tab that says find your community. You can find out our address to our um, mailings and our phone number on that. Um, If you're on Facebook, you can follow us on Facebook, and that's where we'll post links for... um uh, how to sign up to volunteer for food drives, or if we have any upcoming volunteer opportunities, you can definitely find out on Facebook. Thank you very much. So it's n68hoursofhunger.org, and um, look for the Find Your Community for Nashua. And uh, they're at 20 Broad Street here in Nashua, N60 Hours of Honor. So, Jen and Melissa, thank you for coming on today. Thank you for having us. And for, you for all you do to make our community stronger, we really, really appreciate it. You are listening to the United Way Community Connection Show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We are now going to take a short break, brought to you by our generous sponsors from Edstone Properties. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes with our next guest, who is Patty Crooker from the Division of Public Health and Community Services for the City of Nashua. This is Mark Allegro. If you like what you hear during my show, you'll love what you read in the Boston Broadside. 
I urge you to subscribe today. Call 978-352-6800. For 30 bucks, you'll receive 12 monthly issues of New England's only conservative newspaper. Get news without the liberal spin. The Boston Broadside. Subscribe today, 978-352-6800. That's 978-352-6800. The Boston Broadside. This is Dennis Hogan, your county attorney. I care about getting good results for victims and for taxpayers. Please help me continue to fight crime with a fully professional approach. I keep the focus on our primary task. No political or personal consideration is made in determining what we do. My hiring for the office is done based only on merit. These are the keys to excellence. We punish those who require punishment and get help for those who need it. Continue this approach by voting Dennis Hogan for Hillsborough County Attorney. Vote for Dennis Hogan for County Attorney. Paid for by Hogan for County Attorney. State Senator Gary Daniels' health care agenda will make you sick. Gary Daniels voted against paid family leave. He voted against pre-existing condition protections. Daniels even voted against efforts to fight the opioid crisis. It's time to change the agenda. In the State Senate, Shannon Chandley will put our family's health before politics. Shannon supports paid family leave, pre-existing condition protections, and she's 100% dedicated to ending the opioid crisis. Shannon will also support women's health care rights. On November 6th, vote for Shannon Chandley for State Senate. Paid for by the New Hampshire Democratic Party, Ray Buckley Chair. Hi, this is Tony Joyce from Joyce Cooling and Heating. Now that the leaves are turning, it's not too early to start thinking about servicing or installing a high-efficiency heating system for your home. At Joyce Cooling and Heating, we can install a new comfort system using name brands like Lennox Furnaces or Air Conditioners, Renai Boilers and Water Heaters, or Mitsubishi Ductless Systems. Don't wait until you have no heat. Call Joyce Cooling and Heating at 882-4244 or on the web at JoyceCool.com. And remember, utility rebates start back up in January. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years' experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections or when it comes time to die, with dignity. United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org. The Village Network was created for only one reason, to keep those 62 and older in their home as long as possible, ideally for the rest of their life. The Village Network is the answer for children who do not live nearby and worry about their parents being able to remain independently and safely at home. The Village Network has a network of trusted providers and volunteers who provide transportation, home repair, home-delivered meals, grocery shopping, and others who are there to help when you need them. We can even find someone to walk your dog. The Village Network does not charge thousands of dollars of upfront costs for services you may never need. With the Village Network, you only pay for services when you need them. Become a member of the Village Network today by calling 603 891 0008. That's 603 
891-0008. The Village Network. Become a member today. Well, good Monday morning. You're listening to the United Way Community Connection Show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We're here each and every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. on WSMN 1590 a.m. Uh, every week we interview two different nonprofits, uh, community organizations about the work they do and how they're making our communities stronger, safer, um, happier, healthier, and so forth. Today, I'm joined by a very good friend of mine, Patty Crooker, from the division. Well, I call, I would say the public health department, but I'm sure I'll be corrected by her, if not by her, by her boss, Bobby Bagley. And it's the division, <coughs> excuse me, division of public health and community services. Is that right, Patty? That's correct. Mike. Okay. Well, we got it right at least once. Yes. So you're a repeat offender on our show. I am. I'm lucky. Which is wonderful. It's always great to start, start the week out with you, Patty. Um, and so tell us a little bit about your role at the Division of Public Health and Community Services. What is it that you do over there? Sure. Well, first, thanks for having me. Good morning. It's a beautiful, crisp day out. It, it, is, um, a, it is a beautiful, crisp day out. That's yeah. true. I'm sort of regretting any time I complained about the heat this summer in the mornings, but that's quite fine. So I'm the Public Health Network Services Coordinator at the Division, and I provide uh, support to a number of different programs that we offer. The programs under the network services um, grant that we get from the state are a little varied. We have a public health advisory council, which I coordinate, and that is our group of partners that work together on all different initiatives, um, such as the United Way, healthcare agencies, businesses, faith-based organizations, community-based, and so on. Um, so we try to do a lot of different initiatives, provide information, education to folks, um, and that's really our our thinking pot. You know, we have an right. executive committee off of that, uh, which you also know of because you're on um, about twenty to twenty five different organizations that really lead us through our community health assessment, um, which last was done in two thousand seventeen, as well as our community health improvement planning process, which we're wrapping up now for our next three-year cycle of work plans. So it's interesting. When I when I first started with United Way and first came over to the uh, my first, we call it the FAC, we have all these acronyms, but the Public Health Advisory Council Executive Committee, Executive Council, or Executive, whatever, executive. Public Health yeah. Advisory Council <laughs> meeting. Um, I, it took me a little while to, to, to get my hand around. So we have the Community Health Assessment, the CHA, and the community health assessment drives the process very much like United Way. You're data-driven. So there are things that we know about in our community that um, you know they make us sad or they make us happy. They make us want to do things or they make us not care. But you don't work that way. You use data to drive your process, which I think is very important. And your process then leads to, stop me if I'm saying something incorrect, leads to what we call the community health improvement plan, the CHIP. And, the, and overseeing that is, um, and implementing that is essentially the role of your department. Correct, correct, it is. Um, and what we do is we do take the data, you know, public health is really data-driven, um, looking at evidence-based practices that we know are gonna work to address health issues that we see being the biggest concern from our data. And the executive committee helps us do that. 
Um, and then we come up with different health priority areas and then have different goals and objectives for each that we want to improve health in those um, different areas. So one is maternal and child health this year. Uh, one is chronic disease, which includes heart disease, stroke, diabetes, and asthma. We have public health emergency preparedness, so dealing for the health aspects of emergencies or um, cron or emergency preparedness with the health aspects. So like in sheltering, we take care of some supportive care for folks that have right. other issues. Um, behavioral health is another topic that is a priority. That's suicide, mental health, and substance use disorder, um, which we do a lot of work in in the current environment. Um, and then we also have weight management, physical activity, and nutrition. So looking at not just getting folks to lose weight, but to have a healthy lifestyle and reach a healthy weight. So these are, it sounds like five different priority areas. Correct. And each of those has a set of activities that are come off of it in terms of how to implement sort of improving, improving those areas, affecting change. That's right. And then we have measures yeah. that we uh, come up with to be able to see if there is any actual change within the community. I mean, that's one of the yeah. fun parts of the community health assessment is we ask people what is their biggest concern. We do a door-to-door -door survey as part of that to 230 households and um, try to get information that is directly from everyday person's mouth and try to make change that would improve their lives and the community's life. Are there any things that came out of the most recent community health assessment that you consider that you think are things that the public might not know about as 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 priorities that maybe stood out for you as sort of big ahas? Um, we were upset to see that the number of people that have preparedness items at home uh, have decreased or felt like they're prepared. That number has decreased. So um, like having an emergency go kit, that kind correct. of thing. Correct. And that's uh, one of the things we do promote. Um, we try to to look at the health impact as well. So when we're talking to people, we'll say, do you have two days or four days of medication saved should you not be able to get out or if you have to evacuate because you might not be able to get to the pharmacy? Do you have extra batteries for your hearing aids? Um, any durable medical equipment you might need? Do you have that with you? Um, First aid kits. Mm-hmm. Wall water. Kit, yeah, walkers, wheelchairs, things of that nature. And we've, and we've been blessed in the last couple of years not really to have, I mean, we haven't had any major natural disasters in our community. Maybe people get a little bit lax about these things. Yeah, knock on wood. They, uh, it, and it's common. I think part of it is that we're New Englanders and we're hardy and we can take care of ourselves. <laughs> I'm not so sure that's actually true. It is. I think a lot of people I think, think we think we way. are. Right, right. We think we can, but yeah. that's not necessarily the case. I mean, when I started... Ten years ago, we had the ice storm in 2008, and people were out of power for three weeks. You know, it's a difference between right. being out for the evening and not being able to connect to your Wi-Fi. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think most recent one we had was the Halloween, you know, storm where people were out. That was a couple of years ago, but people were out for about a week. Mm -hmm. um, Snowtober. Yep, Snowtober. <laughs> it was so interesting. Um so I'm from California. That makes me just a touch stupid sometimes. And um, one of the things that you know, during that, we discovered that um, our heat still worked, which was because we have a gas fireplace. So that was able to come on. We left it on. That heated the house. 
but I didn't realize there were other things in my house that actually did work. Like I didn't think we could flush our toilets, you know, it just didn't. So we, so like three days later, somebody just tried to flush the toilet and they're like, wow, that's amazing. We can flush the toilets. <laughs> just stupid stuff that you'll learn along the way, I suppose. And it's funny because this yeah. might not be as much of an issue for people in Nashua, but people mm. that do have wells and septic Absolutely. systems, that's true because we are on well water. So yeah. we have to be cautious of that and have, you know, buckets of water in the tub or something so that right. we could you know wash dishes wash ourselves that's one of the things we tell people if you think you're going to lose power and you are on septic just fill the tub up because then you yeah. can at least use that and it'll hold it in that's that's exactly right um what about and let me check the time we have just about a minute or two left but i know that some of the things that come across what about two things lead paint mm-hmm. and bed bugs bed bugs what can we say about lead paint and bed bugs Lead paint. The city does have a couple of programs for lead paint, um, not only in the health department where they do blood blood lead levels um, and then follow up with folks if their kids test high, but also get referrals from doctor's offices and such. And in community development, they have a lead abatement program for homeowners. So they can test the lead or the paint to see if there's lead in it and then can help with the remediation of that. Um, Bed bugs, they're still here. I don't foresee them going anywhere. Um, basically, we try to help people figure out how to live with them, how to keep the levels low, and what to do to maintain a clean space that you're not bringing anything into your house, like yep. not used furniture, things of that nature. Absolutely. And there are a million other programs we could probably talk about. Um, I would say that people who want to learn more about the services that are available through the Department of Community Health and uh, no Public Health and Community Services um, can find that on the Nashua City website, nashuanh.gov, and there is actually a department section there that's pretty extensive, has a lot of information and resources that people can connect to. Yes, and our CHIP and uh, Community Health Assessment are both listed on there as well as upcoming um, events that we may have going on. That's fantastic. Patty, we're about out of time, so I did want to thank you for coming back on the radio today. I really appreciate that. Hopefully we'll see you again soon. Um, I wanted to, again, mention from the news this morning that, um, sadly, uh, Alderman um, Aldermanic President Brian McCarthy has passed away. He passed away last night from a heart attack after attending the Patriots game. I'm sure that there'll be more information coming out about that in the the couple of days to come, but um, a long-term, incredibly supportive member of our community, Alderman Brian McCarthy, has passed away. You're listening to the United Way Community Connection Show. We're on WSMN 1590 AM every Monday morning from 9 to 10, talking about the nonprofits in our community. We will be back, not next week, but in two weeks. Next week is Veterans Day. We will not be on the air. In two weeks, we'll be back with our friends from Big Brothers and Big Sisters of New Hampshire, as well as the Southern New Hampshire Rescue Mission. Until that time, please remember to be kind to one another, because great things really do happen when we live united.
1590 WSMN 